Alright, Jesus, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to be inspired by your word through scripture today, through the perspective of each person here as we enter into discussion, as we enter into prayers, and uh, just a time of uh, inspiration with each other. We just ask that through conversations, through teaching, that each of us just have our eyes opened wider to your goodness, that we're called to remembrance this morning to all the times of goodness that you've been there for us and brought us through something else, that through today each of us feel closer to one another and closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I've had so many conversations with people lately that are um, find themselves in a place of discouragement with God. Jesus, Christianity. Something is either a prayer not being answered or a dream not coming true or questions about how we're to live this life or uh, even struggle with seeing what seems to be in the news and popular about Christianity and how that can be seemingly divided from what we see Jesus teaching and how do we, how do we apply all that? What do we do with it? How do we live in that tension uh, and there's some cool verses in scripture that kind of talk about the same thing that I thought were worth dialoguing about today. Um, do you want to give just a teeny bit more volume to Ryan? I think maybe. Uh, when I was, when I first even found grace, it was so relieving to me. It seemed like a light went off and it illuminated the whole puzzle. And so a puzzle that seemed, like if you're a 100-piece puzzle, it seemed first that there were 70 pieces missing, and now all of a sudden I understand how much God is willing to do for me, and it seems like now the puzzle is like 90% filled and only 10% little shadows and gaps where you're misunderstanding things. And so it was so, uh, it made such a lasting impact. It changed so many things for me to the point where all of a sudden I went from not, uh, really having any desire to contribute to spiritual community that much to being like, we need to create a space for people to feel comfortable to talk about this. Like, it really empowered something else. But I remember that journey being a really tough journey. Like, there being tons of up and towns, tons of moments when I was really discouraged and disappointed. I mean, for the first part, you get excited about, it's all Jesus and mentors I had in the faith. They're like, well, you can't tell people it's all Jesus because then they'll just turn into, they'll just run wild with sin. You have to rein them in with, that's what these things are, rein people in. And I mean, you guys are a testament to this. I mean, look at, we've been talking about grace for over seven years now, and look at how just sinful and horrible each one of you are, just running rampant in your desires for whatever. I mean, it's, it's just, fear is so wild, but I mean, they come down hard, like, Luke, you're on a, like, you can't give this kind of freedom, people can't handle it, and you're just... It was really discouraging and disappointing to see people I really looked up to as mentors, like super nervous about teaching the basic gospel of Jesus. Uh, we started the church, and people are like, "You can't, you can't do church this way. This seems wrong. It's got to have." I remember people freaked out that anyone was invited to the communion table. Like, no, you need. Did they say a prayer? Did they? And I'm like, why would we? And something that we'll talk about later, and it's something that was that was there for us to remind us that there's nothing that God wouldn't do to make sure that we're at peace with him. We want to relegate that and even put something in the way. And so, again, I feel these waves of discouragement. 
I remember at moments, like, we got our house hit by a tornado once, and it was such a, like, pivotal and busy time for Bloom, and I was like, this is, this is the worst moment. How could this happen right now? Like, I, I felt like I had this energy going into it, and then this happens. And so you find these moments in life, and all of life seem to be ups and downs, things you didn't expect to happen, changes in your career, people that move away, friendships that end, deaths that happen, confusing stuff seems to be all around us, and so we got this discouragement. Um, and I'm finding these conversations lately with people that they just, yeah, at times they waver on giving up. And so we had a discussion on Friday night at my house on just talking hard questions in scripture, and we had a good time hanging out. But it wasn't just there. There's been so many appointments lately. And I think we can all relate to that, these times of discouragement. And you might not be in one right now, and or you might find something in life that's discouraging. And whether it's... Um, your plans aren't turning out the way you were. Maybe God gave you a dream or like you, you, there's some passion on the inside of you that's not being fulfilled and so you're wrestling with why. The timing doesn't seem right. Or maybe a relationship in your life is turning upside down. Or maybe you're, you're looking for a feeling from God that you felt at one time and it just doesn't seem to be there. We can find ourselves in places of discouragement that can even get us places to starting to start doubt God and doubt that there's anything else going on here. Uh, and this is where we turn to scriptures then together and say, well, what do, is there anyone that we can relate to that's been written about this way? Is, there, is this something new? Has this always been around? Um, and Hebrews really has an interesting idea that we see echoed throughout scripture that I want to talk about. In Hebrews 10, uh, 32, um, the author of Hebrews, an unknown writer, is writing to a group of Christians who find themselves in a place of so much discouragement that they're contemplating giving up. It's just hard. And he says to them, think back to the days after you were first enlightened and understood who Jesus was when you endured all sorts of suffering in the name of the Lord. And he talks, he'll even go a little farther if you, if you go on in verse 10, but he's talking about just, there's something about remembering when you were enlightened back to the first days when you were inspired, when something happened that I, I want to look at because there's something here, there's, there's something to talk about. This word enlightened is what we really want to talk about here. The definition in the dictionary is free from ignorance and misinformation based on a full comprehension of the problems involved. Like it's just this widening of our understanding of what's going on. But the word that this is based off is a Greek word. Uh, and, you know, I apologize that I butchered Greek words, but whatever. Photizo. It's on the sheet. Read it. Uh, uh, but the, the definition of this word, the origins come from to lighten up, to shine, to illuminate, to make visible, to radiate. If you see it used through history even in times, like this word can have this effect of something so bright and beautiful that it leaves a permanent impression on someone. It's where we get the word photograph, that there's this moment, this flash, this, this light that captures something for us to remember forever. And so this is the word the author uses here as he's talking about remember something from that. Remember when you were enlightened, when there was this flash, when there was something that made this, this memory that made a permanent imprint on your life and go back to that. Um, to just put on hold these feelings of freaking out or discouragement for just a moment and remember when things were more illuminated. Remember when something stood out to you, when there was... Something you could feel and understand that was bigger than all this that you could grasp onto. 
Now, in our own life, if we pause for a moment and we think, think back to a time when you felt enlightened about something, when like a light bulb came on, when you had new revelation of maybe a passion that you didn't realize. Or maybe, I remember taking some of the personality profiles, and you're just like, oh, that's me. Now it makes sense. Like, I'm built this way. Or in my 30s, finding out that I, I was diagnosed with ADD as a kid, and my mom just forgot to tell me, and now you're, like, reading, like, oh, I'm all these things. This makes so much sense. Like, it's, it just was, you understood something different that changed the way you're going to walk forward. And I don't know what it is for you, because maybe it's even that moment you were like, I don't want to be in this job anymore. I have a passion for this. And so maybe it was starting to change your mind and going a different direction. Um, uh, I remember when Debbie made the jump from working in the industry of, of, of healthcare to, I, I need to take someone out of this system and take care of them. It just was, you could, I remember those days, and you're talking about it, and you were passionate about it, and it was like this revelation of, why am I doing this? This is what I'm meant to do. And you could see, you could see life and light and something bigger than just everyday conversation involved in that transformation. And where has that been for us? Where have we had these moments where something, the light bulb turned down, and we're like, okay, this is something, this, and this is how the world works, this is how I work, this is some kind of truth we found. Um, that divine idea put inside our heart, something brilliant that left an impression, like a photograph, this memory, something here that changed things. Think back to even when this, the Holy Spirit like illuminated truths about God's love to us, his acceptance, his grace, when it was like, ah, oh, this is God, this makes more sense than everything I've been struggling with. This seems right. It seemed like it all of a sudden, something's etched in us, and we feel it. We're like, okay, yeah, this is more than just I'm wrestling with knowledge. I feel that warm embrace of God right now. I feel his love. I feel his acceptance. This truth has become real. It's been illuminated. Photisma, or whatever that word is. Um, it's this bolt of lightning time where you're like, that's it. That eureka moment. Uh, in my own life, it seemed to bring so much order to chaos that was going on around me when, when these times hit so many times. And Bloom's mission, even itself, we've got this mission here to create experiences for people to, to uh, opportunities to create experiences for people to, oh my God, I'm butchering this. I have this definitely memorized, but I don't know why I'm it's a tongue twister. To create opportunities for people to experience the grace, love, and acceptance for Jesus. Because it's not arguing someone into God or trying to intellectually. We're creating opportunities for them to have these enlightened moments where they sense and they feel the divine. Because we can't argue with that. Those moments where you're like, God, I, I know God was there. I've talked to some people who were in auto accidents, and they're like, in the midst of the accident, we're just, crap hit the fan, and we're going everywhere. It's like... Everything became clear, and I knew exactly what to do, and was able to just steer back on and stayed on the road. And they're like, I can't explain the feeling, the sense, the it just was beyond normal. We we had a divine encounter. It left an impression. Something was going on in our lives, um, and we want people to experience to have experiences like this. We want them to show up to bloom and not try to. Uh, engage just their brain in why loving people and following Jesus and being selfless is going to be good to the world. We want them to experience his love because that's where it comes from. It's all of a sudden that experience where you're like, I can't, I can't explain this with words and you can't take it away from me because something happened, something imprinted on my heart. You'll, you'll see the authors of the New Testament talk about it being like an emblazoned on your heart. Something was etched into me that will never be able to be taken away. 
And so the author of Hebrews is saying, call back these moments when times get rocky, when things get discouraging. Remember that. Stir this up. Remember these feelings. They're not always there. There's moments when we feel like we're, we would love that divine touch. And it just, I don't know if it's, we're not, who knows what's going on where it's not happening. But recall the times when it was there. And it's going to help us get through that. John 14, 26, he says, The Father is sending a great helper, the Holy Spirit, in my name to teach you everything, but also to remind you of all that I've already said to you. And that might be scripture, that might be just personal stuff on your heart. It's this, even just coming back to the Holy Spirit and being like, remind me what I need to hear right now. What do I need to hear in this moment that you've already been whispering that the chaos is starting to blur right now and I'm having a hard time remembering so we got this feeling of discouragement that we're all hitting sometimes. We're talking about where does that come from? How does that, where do we see it in scriptures? And what, what do we do with this if we're not discouraged right now? What's this message? How does this apply to me? I mean, when we're discouraged and we're, we're, we're ready to give up, when times are tough, when we're not finding fulfillment or we're not hearing what we want to hear, it's, it really is coming back to you. It's, it's a pausing. It's a putting things on hold. It's a telling your mind to be silent, those thoughts that just seem to race that tend to drive us deeper into this. It's, it's stilling that. It's remembering these times when God has spoken something to us, that there was something bigger than that. Uh, if we even look at the, this phrasing, go back to the days, that's in this, this first Hebrews 10.32. It says, think back to the days after you were first enlightened. This, this word is from the Greek proteron, and it's this, this earlier times. Think of good earlier times when the divine touched you when something happened. He's like, we need to be constantly going back to this. Um, it's like hitting the rewind button and be like, I am not getting caught up in this. I'm going to rewind for a second. I'm going to slow everything down and I'm just going to allow myself to recall how I felt, to think what it did for me, how it changed the way I looked at that week, what smells were in the air, what was going on at this time that this was so reassuring to me because we, we let some of this stuff skip by so fast that it's interesting I was reading uh, something by a psychologist that was saying that bad impressions, when something crappy happens to us, it's like Velcro to the brain. Like that, your memory just attaches to these things. You can remember when you did something stupid that you weren't supposed to do. For some reason, the, the feelings and the emotions and the hormones that these things produce just cause your brain to Velcro it. But good things, when something amazing happens, like we need to dive into them because you need to really fully like immerse yourself in them for at least, like it's like, one to three minutes to even have it imprint on you and to have there be something there. But so many times we're like, oh, that was amazing, and we move on. Instead of relishing in that and going into it, and why is this good? Why did, like, how do I feel right now? Why do I like this? What is this doing for everyone around me? This is a good moment. I want to remember this moment. It's that mental picture. And they say so many things play into it. It's the people you're around, because we remember faces more than ideas. And so who is with you? Smells in the air can bring us right back to to something. Anytime I am in a hippie store and patchouli is in the air, I am reminded of certain moments in life. You're like, that's right. Patchouli brings me right back. And Amy's like, you can never wear patchouli. I'm sorry. That brings Amy to a different place. And so I am patchouli-less, except I have these great memories when I do smell it. Um, First Chronicles 16.12 says, remember the wonders in which God once did. And then in Deuteronomy 5.15, it says, Remember what it was like when you were a slave in Egypt. Now, this is not talking to us. It's talking to a set of believers at one time. Because remember when they were slaves in Egypt with an 
Then with overwhelming power, God brought them out of there. And that's why he's commanded them to observe the Sabbath each and every week. Is this, this need to remember that I delivered you from something horrible. Now, we were never slaves in Egypt, but what has God delivered you from? What mess were you in? What place were you at? And some of us have had several that we can think of. And some, maybe something not as clear. But it's, it's pausing to remember these moments, big and small, and to have something there. And he says that's what, what Sabbath was for. Was, was this day to remember all the things God has done to us, that we constantly needed this reminder to keep going back to something there. And we see in the New Testament that they've got it wrong. Again, Sabbath becomes some rule that they're supposed to do. And Jesus has said, you don't understand the Sabbath at all. Sabbath was made to help man, not man to obey the Sabbath. It was a ritual that was added to our lives to constantly bring us into reminder of what God did at one time. And so it's, do we have moments in our week that flash to us, that cause us outside of distractions and discouragement to remember, oh yeah, I remember when God did this. I remember when our house got hit by the tornado and I didn't know how I was going to survive that six months of being out of there and just extra work and what was going on, yet it all turned out way better than I could have ever imagined. We say hindsight's twenty twenty. We get through a problem and we're like, oh, it's so great to see what that did for me and where it took me. Yet sometimes we'll, we'll leave it there and we'll forget it instead of grabbing that and keeping that hindsight with us. So when we're in a new problem, instead of having to go through that problem to be able to appreciate it, be like, any time I've gone through crap in the past, God has walked through this with me. His comfort has been there. He's brought me through this. And we remember these times together. There's something greater that's going on. Scriptures tell us to, to take communion often as remembrance. This Last Supper, Jesus says, you need to take this meal often. And it was, a, it was a meal that they had two or three times a day. And he says, every time you take this meal, cause it to be something that sparks a remembrance of me. God coming to remove any obstacle that would ever think that we're not connected with him at all times, that he's not always with us. And so every time we eat, really, we should be thinking this way. And as a community, every time we gather, we've got bread and wine to remember to cause us, like, okay, no matter what's going on, we can steal this moment, and we can remember what God's done for us. I've read and looked into mindfulness quite a bit in the last, like, year, year and a half, two years, and it's helped me out a ton, this practices of slowing your thoughts, of stealing your mind, of seeing what's going on up there, instead of just letting your mind race, just relaxing and slowing down. And one of the concepts is this blue skies concept that, any of you that's flown before, and if you've ever flown when it's cloudy or stormy, you know that you're taking off and it could be raining or snowing and dark clouds. And the moment you get above the clouds, the sun is shining and the sky is perfectly blue. And it's just amazing. There's always the sun shining in a blue sky on the other side of what's going on. But we let our mind distract us and put these things and it's slowing down. And they're like, okay, these are just here. They're covering the fact that God's with me, that he's shining down upon me right now, that something bigger is going on. And slowing down to remember that. I am feeling these things. I don't need to run away from them, but God is with me. He's here. Everything's all right. Can we find these moments in life? Do we need this? And how does this happen? Um, and so it's, when has he done something that's enlightening for us? But this verse goes on to say, when you were endured all sorts of suffering. And so when, when did we go through crap that God came through for us as well? It's both of these. When were we enlightened? These aha moments when we learn something about God that we can look back to and he's with us. And when has he already taken us through something that has been crappy? And so we've got to ask ourselves who we are. What are we, like, what's going on here? Do you know how much God loves you individually? Has it illuminated your heart that you are perfect in his mind? That he's given you the gifts and the talents and the personality he's given you on purpose because it was right for you. 
He didn't make you and you weren't an accident. And it, it was, he made Steve just the way you are. And some of the things you probably beat yourself up about, God's like, I put that there for a reason, Steve. You need to realize the benefit of this. There's something bigger going on. Meditating on scriptures or promises uh, help us get past just a weariness that tries to pull us down. Keeping our dreams in front of us. What is on the inside of you that burns bright? Is it written somewhere? Are you reminded of it? Is it you hear the dorky inspirational speaker, speakers like um, Tony Robbins, like put it on your mirror, and you're like, okay, that's... A, but it, there's something to it. Keeping these passions in front of us so that when everything else gets cloudy, that it's, it's there. It's, it's something we can call back to. But I think for us today, if we're not in a place of discouragement right now or discomfort, there will be one ahead. We're not protected from times like this. And so what do we do today to help us the next time we go through this? And I think it's, I think it's taking more time when we have either this illumination or moments where God comes through for us and we pause and we soak it in and we think and we take that mental picture or several mental pictures. And we, maybe we take real pictures and we're like, okay, I want to remember this. Who's here right now? And we might be muddy and we might be sweaty. And yes, the pipe burst in your basement and it flung poo water everywhere. But we got it cleaned up. And this is a real story of a friend of mine. We got it cleaned up. Like life is going to be turned around. And it was a bonding moment because we were all there with masks and gloves on. And like we don't want to forget what it was like to make it through something like this. And so how do we remember the good and even the times of triumph through something rough. And it's, it's finding these things. Remembering the smell and be like, I want to remember this smell and come back to this. Oh, not that was a horrible, like... Amy and I, the, we've been to Costa Rica three times now. And several of these times we had this, like, a certain candle smell with us. And so anytime I smell that candle outside of Costa Rica, we had it there on purpose, burning the room. So that smell always brings us back to these times of relaxation and something going on because smells can trigger... Memories. Um, that was a bad. Uh, so yeah, how do we how do we do this? How do we how do we feel? Maybe journal about how you felt so you can go back. You have that journal of these are times that I'd never want to forget. These are times that when things get rough and start to get cloudy, I can go back to and read these, and it just brings me right back to the time and how I felt when God came through for me. The big thing as a community is that uh, you're not alone in this. Uh, this is a group effort as well. It's not you stay at home until you overcome this. It's coming to people. It's getting the encouragement of others. It's prayer circles. We're sharing moments that we're thankful when God has come through with us and being honest about the, the prayers and the tough moments going on. But in that, we're hearing victories. People are like, man, I've been praying for this new job. I thought it wasn't going to happen. You heard me struggle, and yet here I am, and this new job is better than anything else. Steal someone else's story. Grab it. Be like, man, if he's willing to do that for a kua. Why would he not do it for me? Like, this is, we're in this together. This is family. And so we're constantly rehashing times of thankfulness of something God's done for us, yet still providing prayers for one another as we're going forward. These are moments that we, we want to grab. Um, and it just is a community that's authentic then, that doesn't think that if we're following Jesus, there's only going to be rosy days. Uh, we see Paul talking about times of, of being shipwrecked and starving and feeling like he's abandoned. And he's like, yet... There's this feeling of overwhelming victory that still can course through him because he knows who he's with. He knows who he's traveling with. He knows the God that walks with him. And how can we live that out together as a community? God, we just ask that you just help us through discussion and through even just our times together this summer. Just 
cultivate these memories, these times of being enlightened when something just gets emblazoned on our heart like a photograph, like a memory that we can hold with us that will keep us above the clouds if the seas get rough and life gets hard. And anyone who's going through those times right now, we just ask that in any stillness, they just overwhelmingly feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And they would remember during these times and be able to watch how you and even us together as your hands and feet just walk this through together with them and have it be completely different on the other side, a memory that they can take with them for anything that happens in the future. Um, We just thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen.